Former Republican Senator and Clinton Defense Secretary William Cohen is weighing in on the Iraq War and the nuclear stalemate with North Korea in his new book, Dragonfire. But it's not what you expect. It's a fictional thriller. William Cohen's our guest today. And how should Christians respond as we remember the service and sacrifice of the military on Veterans Day? This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev... Tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Oh, I heard some bad news today. Uh, Violent acts are down in Iraq, and we're starting to pull back on our, uh, well, in fact, they're calling it a reversal of our troop surge. So all of a sudden, all of this peaceful stuff is starting to break out in Iraq, and I'm I'm just feeling downright sorry for the people who can't think of anything to do but criticize what we're trying to do in Iraq right now. Don't you feel bad for them? Sagar Magani has this report on the uh, troop surge reversal that's going on right now. One of the 20 American combat brigades in Iraq has started heading home to Texas. As the surge forces continue leaving, it should soon become clear whether the security gains resulting from the surge of some 30,000 U.S. troops will stick. With American forces thinning and taking on a supporting role, Iraqi security forces will have to shoulder more of the load. Another question is whether the neighborhood watch-type groups of local Iraqis who have joined the troops in battling insurgents will hold strong. Sagar Megani, Washington. And it's not just uh, the Iraqi security forces that are going to have to hold down the violence. I was uh, listening to and also reading a few reports on uh, the issues that are going on in Iraq right now. One of the suggestions was that um, we need to reduce the number of communities that are basically run by the insurgency and by those who are trying to provoke terrorist acts right now, and that that's happening, and that that's why some of the violence is being reduced. And, of course, I'm just teasing about it being bad news. I was calling it bad news because you do feel sorry for those people who just want to criticize our activity in Iraq. I, I don't feel so sorry for them that I don't want them to suffer through this process, but I do feel sorry for them. The truth is it's great news, of course, and, and especially if you want peace. The problem problem is that a lot of people, well, all of us want peace. I mean, who doesn't want peace? Of course, we're all desirous of a peaceful end to this conflict. And of course, we wish that it had never been a conflict to begin with. But there are two different kinds of peace that we talk about. One of them is a peace at any cost. And by that, I mean a peace which actually refuses to use any violence ever anywhere, to even in order to end conflict. And that is... Uh, truly a peace which only inflicts the most egregious violence on those who are placating evil in the world. That is, uh, we tolerate evil 
and we allow violence to be imposed on people who are not resisting it. And uh, there is no justification for that, but some people do justify it. Uh, Real hard pacifists, they're called, uh, people who believe that there's never a justification for Christians to participate in violence of any kind. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. We don't have a long time to talk about it, but I'll invite your calls on it in just a moment. But also, there's another kind of peace, and it does come at a terrible cost also, the terrible cost of enlisting, training, arming ourselves sons and daughters, to protect the rights that we believe are intrinsic to humanity, and that's a scary thing for us to commit to. Now, admittedly, Veterans Day is a bad day to be a pacifist. It's a bad day to say that there is no justification ever for war, for instance, or for violent activity. Now, we're never going to say that violence is our optimal desire, that it's the thing we want. But to be a pacifist on this day is really difficult. Some of you undoubtedly listening right now are probably pacifists. So I want you to call in and tell me why you think Christianity is incompatible with any kind of violence at any time, even for a a war activity or a police activity. And uh, while we're hearing a few comments in a moment about uh, Veterans Day, we're remembering a few things about those who've served to defend our freedom. My question for you is how you think Christians can justify taking up arms in the military or even as police, or if you're on the other side, why you think they can't. Now, uh, while you're uh, getting ready, thinking of those topics, I'll just tell you, you can call in and share your ideas with us here at 1-800-881-9270 or talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com if you want to email us. But the phone number again is 1-800-881-9270. Now, coming up in just a little bit, We have the special privilege of having William S. Cohen on the line, and he's going to be talking to us about a new book that he's written. We'll do that uh, in the next section coming up. But for right now, I want to know what you think about Christians taking up arms. Is Is it really okay for a Christian who's taken up this commitment to following Christ no matter what, to follow Christ into warfare where we take up a weapon and aim it at a human being across the lines, maybe even a fellow Christian that we don't know across the lines in the enemy somewhere, and kill that person? Do you think that's justified? So I want to know what you think about that. Again, the number is 1-800-881-9270. Now, there's a difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day, but it's not uh, a difference we have to focus on. Memorial Day, we focus on the war dead, and we are grateful for the sacrifice they've made. On Memorial, on Veterans Day, on this day, what uh, Armistice Day used to be until uh, Eisenhower's proclamation in 1954, which made this Veterans Day instead of Armistice Day, and then it set it on this Monday and gave us a three-day weekend and all of that, uh, we remember all of those who've made a commitment to preserve the freedoms that make our country great. Uh, Dick Cheney was talking about Veterans Day just yesterday. Here's More than 20 million of our fellow citizens bear the distinction of veteran. Each has his or her own story. But whether duty found them at home or abroad, in wartime or peacetime, they all share the pride of having served. And this is just a recognition of what every person who serves commit to and the sacrifice that's involved in that. And in fact, uh, Vice President Cheney had said that all Americans need to take time to think about what the veterans have done for the country. They've kept us free in the land we call home, free to live as we see fit, free to work and worship and speak our minds and choose our own leaders. Are you uh, appreciative? for what the country's armed services have done for us? Listen to this from Dick Cheney again. Gathered as we are today in a time of war, we're only more sharply aware of the nation's debt to the members of the armed forces. They are constantly in our thoughts. 
and they should be constantly in our thoughts. Ken in Dallas, I appreciate your calling. What do you think about our topic today? What do you want to say? Well, um, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, my wife's uh, uncle was was killed in the Second World War uh, defending our freedom, mm-hmm. and I heard a man they say that uh, freedom is, is not free, right. and that if our men don't t- take up arms and defend us, we won't remain to, remain to be free, and uh, right. uh, scripturally wise, it says they don't bear the sword in vain, and right. uh, we need to give honor and, and be thankful to them, and uh, I appreciate the program. I try to listen when I can. Thanks. Well, great, Ken. Thanks for calling. I appreciate your input, and I, I think all of us remember stories about individuals who've made uh, great personal sacrifices. Some have offered their lives and uh, some have actually given their lives in battle to defend our freedom. We're all grateful for it. I think we look at it that way. I just hear a few people uh, make comments that really disturb me, and uh, the comments are that uh, there is no justification for Christians ever using violence in the world. I I have to admit it it makes sense, just common sense-wise. It makes sense to say that Christians should not take up arms, that there is some kind of a a commitment to peace that comes from Christ that we ought to observe if we're going to be followers of of Christ, but but something disturbs me about that too, and I want to know what you think about it. Now uh, we're going to have time for just a few more callers here in a minute. If you want to call in at one eight hundred eight eight one nine two seven zero and tell us what you think about it, but uh, I'm also going to look forward to and and of course all. Uh, even if a person is a pacifist, they're not ungrateful for what has been given to them. We recognize God's involvement in all of this. But uh, we want to know what you think, uh, whether you think it's justifiable to do that or not, or if you just have some other recollection about Veterans Day you want to bring up. Keith from Hillsboro, appreciate you calling as well. What do you have for us today? Well, sir, if you uh, read in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. Also, I'm a, uh, I did two tours in Vietnam, and I'll see this. No one hates more war more than a sailor, soldier, or whatever. Boy, I, I hear that. Keith, have you got a second to hang on the line with me for a minute? Yes, sir. Keith, I, I want to ask you a question because I, I certainly agree with you, and I, I have heard that. I, I've never served. I, in fact, I've uh, sometimes grieved about the fact that I never had to make that sacrifice, but I'm, I'm, I'm more rejoice in it, not because I wouldn't be willing to or because I wouldn't uh, be willing to offer myself for the defense of this country, but grateful that the Lord has provided for us uh, such a freedom and such a strength that I haven't had to. Uh, but I'm telling you, the men that I know who hate war are men who've been in war. So I appreciate your saying that. Now, it, you mentioned an Old Testament passage. Does it does it disturb you at all that all the passages we normally go to when we defend war come from the Old Testament instead of the New Testament? Does that mean anything to you? No, sir, it doesn't bother me because I read my Bible from front to back. <laughs> and, I'll, and also, I'll tell yeah. you this. Like I said, I did my time. I would do it again. Yeah. Uh, I and love I those people that. that over for us today, these young men and women. Yeah. These are our sons, our daughters, our, in my case, grandchildren. Wow. Now doing what, what we need for them to do. And Amen. God puts these people here. You remember, look at David. Sure. God had David stand up and fight. Sure. Sometimes you have to fight. And God knows this. That's why I put it out there. I know that... Uh, I appreciate that. And, and Keith, I appreciate your call. I, I also appreciate your service, and I want to agree with you on giving thanks for the men who've been willing to do that. I think we may have some people who will disagree about the relationship between the Old and New Testament, but I do have to say, of course, I believe the whole Bible. Uh, there may be some things in the Old Testament that we don't do now, offer sacrifices, but that doesn't change the whole value of what it says in the Old Testament. So I appreciate your call, Keith. Thanks very much for the input. Uh, Joe Lynn, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, but Joe Lynn and Garland, I appreciate your calling. What do you have for us today? You can correct me on your name there if you want to. You said the name correctly. Unbelievable. My uh, father's, my grandfather served. My father served. 
My husband is a Vietnam veteran. Wow. My brother has served. Well, you bunch of uh, war-loving people, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Believing in protecting my country and, and yeah. helping preserve freedom across the United States. And, yeah. yes, I read the Bible from front to back, but, you know, there was a point where Jesus said, Render unto God what is God's, and render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And if the law of the land says you serve, then you serve. And to me, that's not... That's not going against the command of God. Sure. Oh, I appreciate it's you saying that. In the sense that you don't. Well, some people may be going out deliberately with a desire to kill, kill, kill. Sure, but that's but wrong any time. Go in. Sure. Are just going in to serve. And what, to do whether you're a soldier or not, if you're just killing in order to kill, that's wrong, and we all agree with right. that. But you're making a distinction between the government having authority to even execute people if it needs to, or to execute warfare, and an individual who may not have that authority. And boy, I, I sure appreciate that difference. Joe Lynn, thanks for the call. That was a great call. Carlos in Corsicana, thank you for calling in. What do you have for us today? Hi. Yeah, I just have a I just have a, a different opinion. Of, uh, I know that uh, most wars sometimes are not justified you know yeah. and uh, some of them are and uh, I believe that uh, like they said you know most of these people are agreeing uh, I agree with them too as, as far as what war is concerned right but you mentioned about Christians you know right. uh, I have a different opinion about a Christian the Bible says that there's no Greek nor Jew and uh, right. some people you know have the idea okay I'm gonna defend freedom or I'm gonna fight for a cause which is a good cause you know I think but I think God would probably uh, Reward somebody uh, that that would uh, have that kind of a sacrifice, you know, wow. uh, or that would give that. But uh, but also the Bible says that we are not kill our neighbor. You know, we are sure. for Christians. Well, and there's the rub. There's the difficulty of it. Is it possible for us to maintain our faithfulness to Christ in our Christianity uh-huh. and still uh, be willing to serve our government when we need to? And it's a government interest. Listen, we only have a minute, Carlos. So I appreciate your call down there. Of course, I can. I'm I've been preaching there lately and enjoying it down there at Cornerstone Baptist. Hey, I also want to give Bobby just a chance. Bobby, you got about thirty seconds to share with us what you think. Thanks for calling in from Carrollton. Hey, you're welcome, and uh, from a Vietnam veteran, uh, a quote from George Orwell, peaceful men sleep peacefully in their beds tonight because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. That's a great quote, isn't Um, it? There is sometimes a need for war, and we need to make a distinction between killing and murder, Yeah, and there is a difference. Yeah, that's right. As a soldier who stood across the line and fired when I was told to fire, uh, it's not you don't kill because you hate you kill because it's a war and sometimes that's what you have to do bobby thank you so much first of all for your commitment and sacrifice but also for clarifying that there are things that are worth dying for and that are worth defending whether it means we die or the enemy but we do it because we want to be faithful to the lord we'll come back right after this you come back too November 14th, the Criswell Radio Network's Town Hall Series is back. The Battle for the Truth, Beware the False Prophets, a town hall meeting to focus our gaze back on Christ and the truth of God's Word. What a great opportunity to remind people that what the Bible says is true. Truth. Special guest panelists include Dr. Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Barry Cameron, pastor of Crossroads Christian Church in Grand Prairie with special insight from John MacArthur, host of Grace to You. 
Dr. Tony Evans, pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, George Barna of the Barna Group, and more. Hosted by Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of the Criswell College in Dallas, Wednesday, November 14th, 7 p.m., and live from Crossroads Christian Church. The truth. Fight for it with us. November 14th, only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, I'm glad you're back. Uh, In a few minutes, we're going to have William Cohen on the line with us today. We have planned to be able to talk with him about a book that he's written. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, an interesting book, but also we're going to be able to ask him a few questions about other things he thinks. Uh, He's uh, been such a prolific figure in the influence he's had politically over the last 30 years. Uh, It'll really be a great opportunity for us to talk with him. But what we've been talking about so far is what we've been doing in Iraq. Uh, We mentioned uh, the troop pull down or actually uh, surge reversal. We're not actually pulling down, I don't guess you'd say technically, but we're bringing back some of the troops that we sent over as a surge and not supporting that anymore. So we're uh, being able to do that because some of the violence is down over there. And uh, in that light, we were talking about the fact that while all of us are rejoicing in the peace that is beginning to emerge, and again, it's in a very weak form, it's not a stable form or anything like that yet, but just the fact that violence is down a little bit is a good thing, and that's because all of us want peace over there. And it's really frustrating to us sometimes because it's hard to talk about a war without remembering how much we dislike war and how much we ought to dislike war. Uh, I've always found it a little odd to be, uh, to be enamored of war. I, I can't imagine wanting to be a part of the violence and uh, the violations of personal life that go on in war. But there are times when we don't have a choice. And uh, when we went to war, I'm telling you, I, uh, after I had written uh, this major, well, it was my dissertation when I had written that, uh, I learned how we are, as pe- how short-minded we are as people, that we hear about a problem, we know something is wrong, and uh, we, we want to deal with it right then. We want to deal with it. We're willing to do whatever it takes to deal with it. But then right after that, our optimism kicks back in, and we start thinking positively about the world, and everything's going to be okay, and why don't we just let bygones be bygones, and what are we doing in this war anyway? And all of a sudden, we've changed our mind about everything that we cared about just two or three or six weeks ago. And uh, when President Bush said we were going to fight this conflict and we were going to overcome the terrorists, uh, I was stricken by the the fact first that it was going to be a long conflict, and uh, he said that it would be a long conflict. And uh, once he said that, I just thought to myself, you know, this is really going to be difficult for America because we do not think in long terms. We tend to start changing our mind about our values immediately after an event has taken place. In fact, after 9-11, I can remember thinking to myself, this year we'll observe a great memorial, and we may remember this date from now on, but it won't be long before when everyone else has paused to listen to the reading of the names, those who have fallen, that everyone else will be going on about their business and won't be thinking about it anymore because we're short-minded. We forget things. And war well, you can't be short-minded. I mean, we're not in Iraq, and we're not fighting a war on terror because we just enjoy being able to raise the defense budget, because we love being able to use our big weapons. That's just false. Uh, The people who make these decisions sometimes make them correctly, 
and sometimes make them incorrectly. But all of us are in a place where we would prefer peace. We do not want war. That's not what we're after. Now, the idea is we want to bring peace, but we can't always have peace. Sometimes we have to do something to bring about peace. But I can't just get up and do something to defend my own peace. I can't just decide that I want the world to be different for my benefit. So when I want to explain why I could go to war or why a nation could go to war or why, uh, as a, a policeman, I could defend the interest of someone who's being attacked by someone else by using violence to stop that attacker, I can't just think in selfish terms. I really have to to go beyond that. And so what is it that would justify that for us as Christians? And I just want to invite your opinion on this. Now, you may have, you may just want to call in and talk to us about uh, the Veterans Day uh, observations today, that uh, at 11 o'clock, maybe you paused for a couple of minutes, like they do in a lot of countries, at 11 o'clock on Veterans Day or on Armistice Day, still in Europe in some places. Uh, they'll pause and remember those who've committed themselves to the defense of our nation. Maybe you just want to comment on, on something like that. But more, more importantly to me is just the question of how we as Christians involve ourselves in the defense of our country. Are you willing as a Christian to take up arms and to go and fight in defense of your country? Uh, I know a lot of Christians who are willing to take up arms for no cause at all. Uh, I'm not sure we ought to be that way. But I am asking, do you believe as a Christian that it's justifiable for us to take up arms? I mean, there is, there, there is plenty in the New Testament that encourages us to be peaceful. I mean, after all, uh, the beatitude is not blessed are the warmongers. The beatitude is blessed are the doers of peace, the peacemakers, those who create or cause peace. Uh, And that blessing that comes from being a peacemaker is that we're identified as the sons of God, the children of God. He wants peace also. So uh, how do we justify going to war in that case? How do we justify uh, police activity in order to defend our interest? Now, if you want to call in and comment, I'd love for you to call. Uh, We have one on the line already, and I'm going to get his input in just a second. But if if you're a, if you are a pacifist, honestly, I don't want to attack you. I, I don't want to jump on you. <laughs> I know that would run off any pacifist, I guess, from calling in. It's not that. If you want to call and share your ideas of pacifist, I'd love to hear it, and let's discuss it honestly here about why I do believe it's okay for us to take up arms when we need to. Joe and Rowlett, I appreciate your calling. Uh, what do you have for us today? Oh, I, I was just uh, saying I am a Vietnam vet. Did three tours over there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I can understand uh, people not wanting to go to war. Sure. But, uh, I cannot understand anyone wanting to give up uh, their freedom of uh, speech, religion, or any other freedoms. And uh, Right. I'd like to hear from uh, some of those conscientious objectors <laughs> that have served and did serve. Uh, Now, that would be interesting because, you know, some of the people I know who most adamantly defend the pacifist position, the idea that taking up arms is wrong, are people who did serve in the war. They served and then actually changed their mind. And most of them are from Vietnam. They served in the Vietnam War. So uh, when I hear that, I assume that, that what they've done is mixed together two problems because it is a different thing to say that a war can be fought unjustly and then to say that that war should not have been fought, and to say overall that there is no just war, that there is no time when war should be practiced. I, I just think those are two different things. Joe, I assume that's what you're getting at. Is that right? Uh, that's it. I appreciate and, uh, it. Because I know World War II, there's been several 
Congressional Medal of Honor winners that were conscientious objectors right. that did not carry a gun, yet they served. They served heroically. Good for them for doing that. And I appreciate your service, too, Joe, and thanks for your call and your input today. Liz, thanks for calling from Fort Worth. We're glad to hear from you. Glad you're one of our listeners. And uh, what do you have to share with us today? Well, first of all, I'd just like to say that I am personally a veteran and that Good. my son is currently serving as a captain in the Air Force, and he has deployed several times over to Iraq, Afghanistan, et cetera. Right. And the way I view it, and he's a Christian, and I know many Christians that are in the military, and the way that I see it is is they took an oath to defend and to uh, abide by the laws of this land, and if the president says we're going to do this, then that's the oath that they took. My son so totally supports what's going on and the president, and so to all his friends that I know that have been there. Right. And uh, it's a service. That's what they do. they committed to do that. They want to protect the freedom of not only this country, but if it's to help others, then they're sure. willing to lay down their lives. And I'm just right. I'm reminded of that scripture in John, you know, that says, no greater love has man than he had laid down his life for his brother. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate so, your sharing that. And I'm going to talk about that verse in a little bit, I think. That's, that's worth talking about. You know, I, I think that as a Christian, you know, if all the Christians decided that they weren't going to help defend the freedom of this country, then we would have been in trouble a long time ago. Sure. Liz, uh, do you feel like talking for a second? Sure. I want to ask you a couple of questions and just see what you think. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, devil's advocate here. I'm just saying uh, there are things people lay down their lives for that it, it's still a noble thing that they're willing to lay down their lives, but the cause is wrong. What makes you so confident that our cause is right? Well, I don't know that I am confident that the cause is totally right, but my son said uh, to me recently that if there's only one reason for us to stay over there, it's because we promised the Iraqi people that we would help them. Well, yeah, so that's we a good need one. To keep our word. Yeah, that's that's a good one yeah. in itself. Of course, sometimes we might promise something that's not good, and then uh, it's a shame that we keep our word. But in this case, I I think you're exactly right, and I I appreciate that answer. I, I'll say this more broadly. Now I'm going to pretend now I'm not the devil. I'm going to be the good white angel on your other shoulder. Okay, Liz. Okay. Uh, the other white angel is saying into your ear. Uh, it's also true that America does stand for more than just capitalism. We do stand for the fundamental rights of human beings to life and liberty, and I'm even going to say it, even though we hate to hear it, and property, because that's part of what it means to be a part. I, I, I get to keep my stuff, and nobody else takes it from me. Not just because I want my stuff, but because everybody has to have a right to live. So seems to me life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness, as, it normally, as we normally say it from the Declaration, uh, that that is a good thing for us to defend. Don't you it agree? It really is, and I think that if you can even take that a step further, that, you know, if we're not going to help people in situations like in Iraq right now because of our compassion for mankind, you know, why do we do all the other humanitarian things that we do? Right. Well, I, you know, I hear you. We sacrifice in, in, in many areas. It, it's not necessarily in a war, but we sacrifice as a nation in our giving and taking care of people all around the world. Right. And so I uh, think that's part of who we are as Americans. I, I appreciate that, Liz. That's great input and a great call. Thanks very much for your for your uh, willingness to talk with us today. I'm going to say I, I think the most important thing we export as a country is our value. Uh, and I don't mean by that uh, all the values that we have in the entertainment industry and the value that we put on the dollar and the value, all that kind of stuff. I mean the real values that make our country work. There, Of course there are people that violate it. Of course there's a lack of integrity in a lot of ways. Of 
of course, there's there are always things that have to be checked in our population. But I'm I'm guaranteeing you that the respect that you have for individuals in our culture is the greatest hope for freedom politically in this world today. And the fact that we're willing to defend that both here at home and internationally is critically important to the world right now. And I think some people have grown up in this country so sheltered, so myopic that they don't realize that if we don't advocate that position, it's not going to be defended out there in the world. Not everybody understands and recognizes the value of every individual human life because it was created by God. And all of us were endowed with those inalienable rights. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Come back right after the break. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Well, you've heard this tune a thousand times. It's appropriate today for a couple of reasons. For one reason, um, just let me mention this real quickly. For one reason, apparently our interview with William S. Cohen has passed away. Uh, We don't have the opportunity to talk with him. Uh, That fell through for some reason we're not able to grasp right now, but we're not too worried about that. Because for a much more important reason, that tune is appropriate. Uh, We've all been to cemeteries, all been to funerals where uh, taps was played in honor of someone who had committed their life to service in the military. And again, that doesn't mean that they died serving in the military, but they had committed themselves to defending the freedom of this country. And whether you actually die or are willing to die is not the question. It's just the willingness that matters. And uh, that willingness is something we've been talking about today. We've also been mentioning that uh, the fact is not everyone shares our values in the world and that sometimes we end up in a violent conflict with other countries. And so I'm inviting you to call in and share with us your opinion on whether it's okay for Christians to take up arms. And and I just want to clarify for you, that means Christians might take up arms, uh, pick up a rifle, aim it at an enemy who has made a profession of faith in Christ in some other country somewhere and is actually trying to bid the government's interest in their country as well, and uh, shoot and kill that person. Do you think there is justification for Christians participating in the military? And I'm, I'm just telling you up front, just to be honest uh, about it, I, I absolutely do believe there is justification for Christians being involved in warfare, for Christians being involved on a police force, for instance, for the use of violence for just causes. And uh, I'd like your input on it, though. If you disagree with me, man, I really want to hear from you because I'd love to just discuss it. I mean, sometimes don't you just want to throw down? Oh, well, then again, I guess the people I'm talking to that I'm trying to provoke here are hard to provoke usually. But anyway, I want to invite you to call in and share your opinion if you are a pacifist. But even if you're not, if you're a person who agrees with me and believes this, I'd like to hear why you do that. Because, you know, there are these passages, turn the other cheek and so on, uh, don't take your swords with you, all those kinds of quotes that, that we use all the time to say that pacifism is the right position. I'd like to know why you think uh, it's justifiable for Christians to take up arms in certain circumstances. So if you have an opinion on that, you can call in. And in a minute, we're going to start taking your calls again. 
in. But I'll give you the number now if you want to call in and hold to give us your opinion. The number is 1-800-881-9270. We've already got uh, a caller on the line, but if you want to call, just just call. We'll get you in order uh, right away because we want to get your opinion. I want to know what you think about that. Along with saying that, though, let me uh, just invite our president to share a word with us here briefly in honor of Veterans Day. Uh, he spoke at the Memorial to Fallen Soldiers yesterday at the American Legion Post uh, down in Waco. And he, see, he just basically said that America should be grateful to have such brave defenders. Their service is noble and it is necessary. The enemies who attacked us six years ago want to strike our country again. And next time they hope to kill Americans on a scale that will make 9-11 pale by comparison. Man, uh, that does make me grateful for someone who is resolved to protect us. He also said this about our brave defenders. These men and women saw the future the terrorists intend for our country. And they said with clear voices, not on my watch. America's blessed to have such brave defenders. He said one more thing before we uh, start to get to the phone lines, and that had to do with the fact that uh, people who have given their lives in this conflict have not done it in vain. And let me just say, it is true that you can lose a war and the person who has died in that war not have died in vain. But the point here is that we not quit, that our deliberation be uh, firm. And so uh, he is assuring here grieving families that their sacrifice is not going to be in vain. And their sorrow, these families need to know, and families all across our nation of the fallen, need to know that your loved ones served a cause that is good and just and noble. Like or dislike, admire his rhetoric or make fun of his rhetoric, his resolve is absolute. And I am grateful for that in a time of major conflict like we have right now. Jose in Dallas, I appreciate your calling in. What do you want to share with us today? Yes, I want to Man, I hate to say it, Jose, but I'm having a hard time hearing you right now. I'm going to let them uh, pick you up again and see if we can get a better call from you, get a better line from you. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to take our next caller. But, Jose, we want to hear from you. If it's possible to get that line fixed, we want to hear from you. Uh, Bob, appreciate you calling from Terrell. What do you have for us today? Yes, uh, today I find it uh, for Christian to fight. We need to uh, stand arms because uh, today in the 30s we had uh, Germany and Hitler and uh, now we have uh, the radical Islamic fascism trying to uh, take over America and destroy our right to uh, worship a sovereign God. And we do uh, we do feel a threat from that. I mean, the reality is they express pretty uh, well. They explicitly state that they want to destroy our country. They'd love even more to destroy Israel in the process, and uh, that is a dangerous thing for the world. And uh, I, I appreciate your call, Bob. Thanks for your input, Jeremy. I appreciate your calling from Mansfield. What do you think about all this? Christians taking up arms, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. I, you know, I've. <clears throat> I've had a lot of families serve in the military, and I believe that uh, it it is a worthy cause in most instances. I, I I'd like to to get your opinion on the just war theory because sure. I'm more a follower of the just war theory in the sense that sometimes we don't always make the right choices in deciding what war is or is not just. Sure. Um, and I know, for instance, with the Iraq War, we weren't attacked by Iraq per se, so right. that doesn't necessarily meet that. And I know that in the past, Christians have usually used that kind of as a sure. 
a barometer for whether or not it is just or unjust. Well, and that's you know one of the things about just war uh, in the traditional way that we've defined what makes a war good. That's what we mean by just. When people say just war, they mean uh, a war that has justification for it being fought. And uh, normally when we think in those terms, we think basically in terms of self-defense. It means that there has been some aggressor against us, and that the defense that we pose in the face of that aggression is somehow proportional, uh, that we don't overextend the amount of force that we use. And in this case, of course, one of the main oppositions to going to war with Iraq is that Saddam Hussein didn't declare war on the United States, that the Iraqis didn't attack the United States, and that they weren't. They, it is not even their citizens that made up the bulk of the population of the hijackers that uh, crashed the planes on that day in September 11, 2001. So uh, in that light, why on earth can we justify attacking Iraq? And you heard this from the Senate floor uh, even uh, with people making the objection that this would be our first offensive war, uh, that before we were even attacked, we're going in anticipation of an attack from another country and so on. But, of course, we recognize that this is a unique and different enemy. There is something different about this. We were not attacked by a nation state. We were not attacked by a government. We were attacked by a terrorist organization that represents some kind of a uh, multiplicity of interests that spreads itself over several nations, but does have a common ideology and a common religious background, and uh, in a lot of ways, a common expression in the world in terms of al-Qaeda. And so we go to war with that, but we can't go to war with a government. That's what makes it hard. So, Jeremy, I assume that's what you're asking about. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's part of it. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the th- an interesting thing that I, I read on the Internet a while back, and I don't have the facts with me right now, but basically... Uh, one of the things they talked about, some people in Iraq were saying that when Saddam Hussein was in charge, he was a secular Muslim. He didn't follow right. Sharia law necessarily. That's right. Unless it was convenient to him. That's right. He's and, part of the Ba'ath so Party, I think. It, the the country was actually Christians were less. Uh, the word's not coming to me right now. They weren't um, persecuted. Persecuted. Thank you. As as much as they are in in countries where Sharia law is enforced. Um, specifically, yeah. and that actually now in Iraq, it's almost worse for Christians now than it was under Saddam because um, they are persecuted more with the, the freedom that the, the Muslims have. It's a more militantly Islamic culture right, right now. Yeah, and I can believe that, but uh, I, I, you know, I also will say uh, it's difficult to assess it in that way because, of course, the purpose for our war wouldn't have been to overcome Christian persecution, even though we would love for that to happen. Of course, that's our desire as believers. But uh, the activity of the war, I think, was to eliminate uh, a government that was defending terrorist activity. And, I, of course, I know you agree with that and, and know that also, but, uh, man, I appreciate Appreciate your call, Jeremy. We're going to start running out of time here in a second, so I'm going to get to a couple of more callers. Jeff, I appreciate your calling in. Crowley, what do you have for us today? Well, um, I'm not a veteran, but I spent seven years in the military, and All right. I do agree that uh, Christians do need to take up and bear arms when there's just cause. Okay. However, just as your last caller was talking about, right. you know, with the situation that we're at right now is <clears throat> we're not even going after the aggressors that came against us. We're going after a whole other country, which is totally not even part of the, you know, what's going on. Well, I, you so, know, it seems to me they are a part of what's going on. Uh, at least the government there was willing to offer haven to the terrorists and terrorist institutions, and uh, they certainly did represent the same. And that's 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 what I'm basically asking. Uh, we cannot simply let the terrorists run loose. 
And so I'm assuming that the best you do is find where they're hiding and who's defending them and take those people out and then try in that way to eliminate the terrorist threat overall. Does it, I, I, and I'm asking honestly, Jeff, does that make any sense to you or, or, or in what way would you pursue the terrorists? How do you do it? Well, I think that um, if we were being uh, attacked by these people yeah. and um, that was the situation, then we should, we should defend ourselves in that way. Going around the world and being the uh, <clears throat> police department for the world is not our job. Right. Our job is to protect the people we have here at home, and we're not protecting the people's freedom here by being over in Iraq. Well, you know, I appreciate your call, Jeff. I'm sorry we're running out of time in this segment. If you want to hang through the hold, I will talk with you more about it. But I'll just share this thought before we're uh, before we're uh, taken into this next break for just a second before we come back and finish today. Um, and that is, uh, I think we are defending our people on our shores right now, and that's by not allowing the terrorists to come here and fight their battle. And uh, I think it is terrible that it's fought anywhere, but I am really glad it's not being fought in Arlington, Texas right now. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're going to come back and finish the program in a few minutes, and I, I don't want you to miss those closing thoughts. So come back and join us again here on Jerry Johnson Live. Fourteenth, the battle for the truth. It is our responsibility as pastors to speak out on issues, biblical issues, uh, show our people what the Bible says, give them the tools they need to make wise decisions. And I certainly believe it is a pastor's job to warn his people against doctrinal error that would lead them away from the truth. Dr. Robert Jeffress. I think it's very important, especially for pastors as well as Christians, almost to adopt a new intolerance toward false teaching. The Apostle Paul was the most intolerant person that ever lived when it came to the basics of the gospel. He said, if anyone preaches another gospel, let that person be accursed. And so I'm hoping uh, that Christians, as a result of this town hall meeting, will have a new courage to stand up for the truth. The truth. Fight for it with us. Only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, we've been talking about just war today. That is, is it all right uh, for us ever to be participants in war? And also, as Christians, is it all right for us to participate in the military, to take up arms at all? Jeff, I appreciate your holding on the line. I've got a question for you. You're still there, right? Yes, sir. All right, man. Thanks for holding. Uh, listen, I, I agree with you that just war is defined, for instance, by the fact that it's not aggressive. It is a defensive war. It can't be for the sake of claiming more land or things like that, but instead is to defend ourselves against an aggressor, and that's what you were pointing out. And I'm just trying to remind everybody, all of us, what we were talking about before uh, we took this little break. So uh, that that's a fair enough assessment, right? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Um, and you were pointing out that we're going over there and fighting a nation that's not uh, who attacked us. And it's true. Iraq did not attack us. And so that's a fair enough assessment also of what you'd said, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so now the question is, how can we justify being over there and fighting this war as if we're fighting against terrorism, when in reality we're not here fighting against terrorists who are attacking us, but we're over there fighting against the anticipation of a terrorist attack? And I just want to make sure I'm giving a fair assessment of your question. Well, we're over there fighting terrorism, 
in the sense that there are terrorists over there that are involved. Right. But the primary reason for being over there was because of the initial thought that they had capability of nuclear weapons. Well, actually, don't you think that was just kind of a justification for getting everybody on board to go to the war? And and whether whether the information turned out to be true or not, I mean, it was acting as a justification to get everybody on board. But there could be other justifications that would suffice. Well, now the reason we're over there is to liberate a country. And the right. thing is, the, the, the ideology that these people have over there is yeah. that you cannot change. When people are oh, you, you don't think they could change? And kill you. Right. Because they don't even care about their own selves, yeah. you can't. But you have to understand that their whole culture that. is not committed to that. Not everybody over there is committed to that. You know that, right? I understand that, but it's not right. our job as a nation to to go over there and weed out those people that are and those are not. Ah, see, and this is where I think the two causes have become mixed, and I'm okay with them being mixed. Uh, one cause is that I do believe we have to hunt down terrorists where they are because we don't have any other choice than to wait for them to knock down our buildings, and I, I don't want to wait for, for that. Yes, sir. Oh, but let, let me just say this first, though. The other thing is I think one thing that does justify war is defense and defense of people's rights when they're being violated. I mean, look, is it is it true that I can't justify forcibly imposing freedom on someone? Of course, I, I can't justify that. Exactly. But but I can I can restrain those who are trying to violate the freedom of others, and that's what I believe we're doing in Iraq. What do you think? I agree with that to to okay. some degree. Okay. Okay. Now, what was the question you were going to ask me? I wasn't trying to cut you off. I just wanted to get that no, in real that's quick. Quite all right. What was the question well, you were going to ask me? All, all of the wars that have been fought from World War One to now, have been fought on foreign soil. Right. Americans, except for ones that have been to war, have never seen the devastation firsthand. Right. The last thing that anybody would ever want to see is the kind of destruction going on in Baghdad, going on in your own backyard. Right. And you have to worry about whether a bomb's going to fall in your house the next day. Right, right. If we keep the things up that we're keeping up, we're going to see that in our lifetime. You know, I think if we don't... If you keep pouring gas on the fire, it's just going to get bigger. I don't think we're pouring gas on it. That's the whole thing. And and I do believe, you know, sometimes, and this is the case with firefighting even, you do fight fire with fire. Uh, I, don't think we're fi- I don't think we're throwing gas on the fire. I think it's, I think it's ironic sometimes, Jeff. I, I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to be pretty much out of our time to be able to talk. But, man, this was a great call. Thanks for your input, and uh, thanks for willing, being willing to call in and, and also ask me a couple of questions about it and just to be able to share what you were thinking about it. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to say I, I just don't think we can justify not acting uh, in defense of the freedoms that we advocate around the world, even right now. And, uh, well, we, that's probably all the time we have for that one right now. I've got two other callers on the line that I really want to get to. So, Chad, I appreciate your calling and listening, and you may want to agree or disagree. Either way, we'd just like to know what you think. Chad, thanks for calling. Well, I've got a question for you there, Dr. Kramer. Yes, sir. Um, but before I, before I begin, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to disagree with the previous caller and the fact that uh, we've already seen the war on our coast. That was that was 9-11. And if we stop fighting overseas, and we're going to see a lot more of that on our on our soil here. But I've got a question for you, and this this refers to Ephesians chapter five, and it says, "Husbands okay. love your wives just as Christ loved the church." Yeah, and gave, gave himself, himself for up it. for it. Now I've got a question that tells me. I need you to be real quick, Chad. That tells me that we are to, at all costs, protect our families 
and and give to her. Well, I'll just let you explain, and you tell me what. That well, means. I hear what you're saying, and and you're saying that it would be justifiable, for instance, for a man to defend his family, even if it involved using violence, and especially if it involved even being willing to give up his own life. Is that is that what you're sharing, Chad? That is correct. Okay, I appreciate you sharing that. I will say that if I were if I were a pacifist, and I'm not, I hate playing devil's advocate, but if I were a pacifist and heard that, I would just be saying, well, it does say I should be willing to sacrifice my life, but it doesn't say that I have to be willing to kill someone else in defense of my family. I disagree with that. I find it inconsistent. I'm not I'm not sure how you would be sacrificing your life unless you just laid down and said to somebody, well, before you kill my family, go ahead and kill me first, okay? Uh, because if you even restrain someone, even just putting someone in prison is using violence against that person. You are violating their freedom. And so, uh, we, you know, we have to keep that in mind. Listen, we got one more caller on the line I want to make sure we get to. Barbara, I appreciate your calling. You had something interesting to share with us. Uh, what is it? Yes, sir. Um, my son uh, died in Iraq, in Bakuba, Iraq, on New Year's Eve. This year? His name was, yes, sir. Oh, His my. name was Corporal Richard Anthony Smith. He was a devout Christian, um, baptized and saved at 17. And at 18, he came in and said to me, Mom, God has called me to serve in the military, and you cannot cry. <laughs> and well, I bet um, you did cry, didn't you? Yes, I did. He never saw it <laughs> because I wouldn't cry in front of him because I felt as though if he'd made such a commitment to the Lord and to our country that I couldn't let him see me sad about that. Wow. And, um, you know, um, I got a tape from War Horse where he was, and the chaplain gave his part, and he said what impressed him the most about my son is that when he went to eat, he would fold his hand in prayer, and he didn't care who saw that, you know? Yeah, good. And he, he prayed with the other young men and women there, and they called and told me this. It's a great Christian testimony. Oh, yes. Let me and, let me ask know, you one, one quick question, Barbara, because okay. we're almost out of time in the whole show. Uh, okay. I just need to ask you this. Are you for, and I know you're against war in general, but are you for or against the fact that we're finishing this war in Iraq right now? I am for it. I appreciate and I'll that. Tell, I'll Even with the why. sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why. You have about 15 seconds. Um, we need to defend our country's freedoms. And and war has always been, and war will always be. And uh, Until God, the Lord returns. And that's the one good thing about it. Barbara, thank you for an excellent call. Thanks for the time that you shared welcome. with us and for the unbelievable sacrifice that you made. There's a great passage that was mentioned earlier, John fifteen thirteen. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It's not just that you die for your friends. It's that you make the commitment to. Corporal Richard Anthony Smith made that commitment the day he said, Mom, God has called me to serve in the military. He only expressed it when he actually died. And Jesus loved us and actually died for us on the cross. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.